Well, greetings and welcome to another episode of The Deal Flow Show. I'm J.P. Maroney, your host, along with our co-host, Mr. Paul Nicolini, from here at the team at Harbor City Capital and The Deal Flow Show. And um, super excited today to have Julio Gonzalez. He came highly recommended to us. He's the founder and CEO of Engineered Tax Services. And y'all had a chance to visit briefly before I got on the set. So you're a little bit ahead of me on yeah. some of the questions. Yeah. But Julio, I'd like to maybe... Uh, do a little bit of a backstory and talk a little bit about how you got started in business and, and you know what led you up to where you are today. And then we'll dive into some of the deal flow process. Well, thanks for that. Yeah, I, well, you know, I started in taxes in the 80s. And uh, what we did at the big accounting world was help with sophisticated tax credits back then in the late 80s for the uh, public companies and the Fortune 500 companies. And I just saw that uh, in 2001, that there would be an opportunity to give these type of tax credits to all small businesses so that all small businesses and their owners could be rewarded with these tax credits that the public companies were taking advantage of every day, that everyone should take advantage of and be rewarded for creating employment in the United States, for creating economy in the United States. And so that was really my goal is to bring that type of tax credit to the country and not have it just stuck in the uh, Fortune 500 world. And, and really what I did starting then was to just become a resource to CPA firms across the country so that they had the opportunity to have engineering and medical and scientific resources to establish the credits for their clients. And, you know, that's been the mission for the last two decades. You know, we're we're in a sense we're working with 5,000 CPA firms, so we know that we've made good inroads, and that there's a lot of small business owners taking advantage of these credits and being rewarded justly so. We still have a mission to get those tax credits to everyone in the country, but uh, that's really been the mission of the goal. That's interesting because essentially, is so is the CPA tax firm your client, and then by extension their client? Or are you primarily educating and providing? back office, back-end resources to the firms? It really is a bit of both. And what I mean by that is if you're not one of the top 10 CPA firms in the country, you're not going to have the capital. You're not going to have the resources or enough client base to justify the capital to bring on scientists, to bring on engineers, to bring on experts in science and medicine to establish the tax credits. So we're really their back office. We work with CPA firms to help them identify these tax credits that are available to their clients, which really are uh, a refund of labor and uh, credits associated with investing in the United States. And so we become that back office. We do the work and uh, help them generate revenue. But more importantly than anything, we're making sure that all the small business owners are taking advantage of these tax benefits to stay more competitive in this very competitive global economy. And, uh, and that they're creating jobs and keeping jobs open and, and growing jobs for the U.S. citizens. Can you give me some examples so that people can kind of wrap their head around the type of projects that you work on? Yeah, I mean, one thing we do a lot of is the research and development tax credits. Now that federal tax code has been around since the 80s, but really it's there to reward innovation. So any small business that's you know doing farming, doing manufacturing, doing technology, doing apps, doing medicine, uh, 
uh, banking beer, any anything that they're making with U.S. citizens in the United States, we refund a portion of that labor. So our engineers go in and study, you know, how much of an employee's work is based on innovation and and making a product better. And and so for a lot of small business owners, that's a big part of their uh, wages. And we go in and qualify those, and then within 90 days they would get that refund from government. Now, the good thing is still most companies are out there doing a lot of innovation, probably don't take the benefits. So there's a lot of capital sitting in their accounts. It's just with the IRS. And we can go back several years and get those refunded as well. So that's all, not all is lost. Um, you know, again, for small business owners to have access to sophisticated CPA firms, that's, that's a tough reach. But we try to bring that sophistication down to all the CPA firms in the community to make sure that they're benefiting and, uh, and getting those rewards. We were lucky enough to talk a little bit before we got on podcast here, but uh, talk about in the, in the formation of capital structure, how, how tax credits and also um, grants that are there in DC that you can use as a part of your capital structure. Can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. I mean, look, we as a family office, so we have our tax company here, but we also have our own family office. And so we see a lot of deal flow all the time, right? And um, and the deal flow that we see typically is at the venture capital or private equity stage. And at that stage, they still don't have the tax sophistication. And so they may have been spending a lot of money in labor to develop a software, to develop a product. And so a lot of that money is refundable through the R&D tax credits, but they don't take advantage of it. So I'll give you, for instance, we invested in a software company and they were looking to raise $4 million. When we looked at their balance sheet, they had close to $3 million in tax credits refundable already in the bank, already at the IRS. They just didn't know about it, right? And so, and again, when you're a venture capital or private equity firm, the last thing you want to do is spend money on a good CFO or an accountant, right? You just want to get the product done out. And uh, but sometimes that money right there, sometimes you got to think about tax or accounting as an investment. But so that one, three million, right? Right off the bat, they had it. It was in their capital account. It was just sitting with the IRS. We got that refunded. And then because of what they were doing in software, there were substantial grants at, at federal, at the state of department and state of commerce and uh, the chamber. So there's a lot of grants sitting up there in DC for all small business owners, especially coming through the pandemic. But we, as a country, set up these grants so that companies can take advantage of them because we want that kind of business here in the United States. The reason we do the research and development tax credits and reward people with refunds of labor is because we want that kind of business here in the United States. We want to keep the jobs. The issue is the roadblock is the unawareness, right? And DC is not out there promoting it at the IRS, right? They want to keep all those dollars that they can. And the Department of Commerce and the Department of Labor and the United States Commerce, right? I mean, they just don't have a big uh, marketing uh, program to make people aware of it, but they're there. And all you have to do is do a little education and all of a sudden, all you, you know, a big part of your capital can be free. You don't have to pay it back, or you don't have to pay back the tax credits, and you don't have to pay back the capital grants. So it's uh, a great thing to look at. And I think every company, hopefully that's seeing this through deal flow today, takes advantage of that. 
You're a yeah. You're a better dressed, formal B two B version of Matthew Lesko. You remember Matthew Lesko? You used to run around with the the Grants books, <laughs> and you just don't have the do the question marks and dollar signs on your suits. And he was right. You know, he had it right. There were grants out there. I mean, he had them for colleges. He had them for education. He had them for everything. But I'm telling you, and and maybe we need more people like him. They're out there for the businesses. And really, just check with the you know the Federal Chamber of Commerce in D.C. Your local chambers. They'll make you aware of those programs. I mean, that's a great place to start. Just Google it. Everyone has Google now, so you can check those things out as well. And then those tax credits, I mean, these tax credits, the tax grants, great opportunities for small business owners. What a, this is incredible, though. That is, it, it really is, and it's interesting because, um, I, so I was sitting here thinking about, you were talking about going in and investing in a company that they were looking to raise $4 million. $3 million is basically sitting banked, pre-banked at the IRS for them if they go after those tax credits. Here's a question. Have y'all been brought in, and I know you're a family office, so uh, on the M&A, the, the buy side of an M&A process, have y'all been brought in to pre-evaluate companies to see if there's sort of latent or hidden assets found, found sitting there, there? Yeah. prior to an acquisition to, to see if that's something you can tap into once the acquisition is made? Because it seems like that would be an interesting way to look at, at a, a target acquisition. Well, I think so. I mean, certainly we've had the opportunity to advise on certain deal flows, um, certain M&A, but it's not our core business. But certainly, you know, it's one of those things I'm always happy to look at. Like when we're doing those things, you know, maybe we take 10% of whatever we get back to the uh, companies in terms of grants and credits so that they're not even paying my fee, right? That we're taking that as part of the ownership. Great opportunities. and uh, And we're happy to get involved in any of that M&A opportunity because I'm telling you that every deal I look at, whether it's private equity, venture capital, somewhere in between, that there's always going to be tax incentives in there. And, and again, in the big you know, public companies, that's how deals get done, right? Through tax credits, through tax grants, through all those programs, and then you know, you know, stock, right? But, but here in the private equity world, the same principles apply. You just don't see the same execution. That's very fascinating. Sounds like there could be like trillions of dollars in tax incentives that people don't know about. Well, and that found money. It so does on the grant side. Do you? And that was my Matthew Lesko reference. Do you have a? Is there a quantification of how much of that B two B grant money, industrial grant money, goes unallocated each year? You know, the reports say that about 90% goes unallocated to the businesses, right? So, you know, we're not doing a good job as a country getting those grant monies that we funded out to the public. Um, and that's, that's the real discrepancy here that we've got to, you know, fill in like through your, your program here. Hopefully a lot of people are paying attention to the program or have access to this education and we'll start to take advantage of it because it's a critical component that it's going to get only bigger over the next four years, I'll tell you that. There's going to be more credits, there's going to be more grant programs out there, and, you know, it's just looking them up. One other thing I'd like to mention that you and I spoke about is, and this was news to me, is that you can buy tax credits from companies or, and or people. Can you explain that a little bit to our audience? Yeah, and, you know, a lot of people are familiar with the movie tax credits, right? So 
say Georgia, their industry, they want movies, right? They want to have movie production in Atlanta. So they're willing to give credits, right? Say they're giving $2 million of credits to a small company that's going to come in and do a movie because they want that kind of employment. They want that kind of economic activity, right? But here's, here's the movie company. They don't need the credit. They need the cash, right? Because they got to go out and film the movie and, and get it ready. So what do they do? They go sell that credit. And so the market out there, you know, look, again, in the Fortune 500 public company space, these credits get bought and sold all day long. There's a company that has them, and there's a bank that wants to buy them to buy down their tax liabilities for 80, 70 cents on the dollar. Now, if you bring that down to the small business community, the small filmmaker, or whatever that activity is where we generate credits in our country, right, which are the solar credits, we have a ton of energy tax credits, we have a lot of manufacturing credits, you know, we have the movie credits. We want that activity. Those states want those activities, and so they're willing to give incentives. But most companies, small business companies, can't take the tax credits, so they'll go sell them and discount them 50 to 60 cents. So imagine here in December, we're really busy, right? Because say you have a client, he's got a half million dollar tax liability, but he can go buy that down for 50 cents on the dollar by buying a movie tax credit. That guy then on the other side is getting $250,000 for something he got for free, but you know, ultimately now has cash flow. Is there any kind of a platform out there that uh, has made the awareness trading of, of that? Trading. Uh, yeah, yeah the, the, the buying and selling of those credits uh, more efficient and frictionless? The platform doesn't exist. So I would say for anyone that wants to start a new business, create that platform, I think you'd have a home run. You know, so like with us, we generate them from our clients, we generate the tax credits, and then we'll know family offices that have sold a business or have had a big tax event and uh, or their CEO has had, you know, one fall of uh, stock conversion or something like that. So they'll come in and, and buy the credits that we're generating for our clients. But there doesn't, there's not one central uh, stock market for them, but I think it would be a great opportunity for someone to build up practice. Sounds like the platform is Julio Gonzalez. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, very quickly, if you're watching or listening to this episode of the Deal Flow Show, you can get access to our previous episodes, our archives, as well as subscribe, follow us, reach out to us on all platforms by going to thedealflowshow.com. That's thedealflowshow.com. And um, so let's go back just a little bit. You said this has been the mission for two decades. What um, where do you see this in the future? I mean, are the, are the laws going to expand, change, contract? Where do you see this industry going? Because it, it sounds like it's very untapped. Well, I think you're right. I mean, it's still untapped. We still have a long ways to go. And I think the community is only going to get bigger and bigger and the, the benefits only better and better. I think especially as we come out of the pandemic, I think you'll see in Congress right now, a whole new set of tax rules. And I think, you know, if you look at and listen to what the administration wants to do, they want to create a lot of tax credits around tech, clean energy, and things like that. So we'll start to see those tax credits come out. We'll see the uh, grants come out for those programs. And I think you'll see that. Look, when we started the business, you know, we were the only game in town, right? And now there's several companies like ours out there. And 
you know, we probably have 20% of the CPA firms that are aware of this, but, you know, there's 80% that don't know. And if 80% don't know, that means all those 80% of the business owners are connected with those firms don't know. So we have a long ways to go. We have a lot of inroads to make. There's going to be substantial tax change made over the next four years, depending on what happens in Georgia. But ultimately, you know, we're going to see a lot of tax incentives to bring back our economies and for small business owners particularly to come back and recover. So stay tuned, but I think it's going to be a big opportunity for a lot of small businesses. Julio, tell us more about your involvement with the current administration with regard to the Tax Reform Act uh, last year. Yeah, I mean, really was uh, instrumental in working with Congress. So, you know, mostly in uh, the House with the uh, Ways and Means Committee and the uh, congressman of that committee and in Senate with Senate Finance. And so basically, when they were working on tax policy and still continue work on tax policy, you know, no one in Congress is a CPA or a tax attorney. They don't, most of them have never owned a business. So there's a community of us that help them review what the tax laws are, what the tax changes are, what they want to get done. Great at tell them how it'll impact the economy and ultimately what the unintended consequences are of maybe a tax change impacting other tax changes and other codes. So how you know we're 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 trying to be a guidance in terms of historical what happens when we change a tax code, like even an income tax rate, what happens when we drop it down from 28% to 21%? What happens when we do more tax credits in certain industries to bring and attract business here from you know, global competition? What happens when we change tariffs and, and things of that nature? What are those consequences and how will that help us? And so that's really, we try to be that guidance for them or those, you know, experts that understand tax policy. So talk a little bit about, let's kind of shift gears a little bit and talk a little bit about the family office that you run and the work that y'all do, the types of projects or uh, investments that you're involved in. You know, for us, the cornerstone has been real estate. And I say that because real estate is one of the few investments in this country that you get to expense, right? So you can buy stock, you can buy bonds, you can buy other materials, minerals, you know, things of that nature, but you don't get to expense those, right? You don't get to write them off. If you buy real estate, you get to expense the full amount. And a lot of it you can expense over the first few years. So think about it, you're buying a real estate property for a million dollars. That means you're getting a million dollars in write-off, right? So that's a good investment because you're getting 50% of your return just from the expense of that asset. And then you're hoping for appreciation and rental income and, and all those things that come with it, which is that monthly dividend. So for us, real estate's been the cornerstone of our investments in a family office because we understand it. But more than anything, we like the tax benefits of investing in real estate. But we also invest in venture capital, especially when we see that there's a lot of tax credit grant opportunity that they have to take advantage of. That, and why do we do that? Because that mitigates our risk, right? If they're looking for $10 million in capital and we can de-risk it by getting $6 million in credits and grants, then you know, we, we go into that investment a lot less uh, lot less risk and uh, and private equity as well i was just saying that we uh, acquired uh, uh, two firms in st louis last month and both firms work with leadership uh, training and one's a crm firm 
uh, for CPAs. So they're industries we understand, but they needed more capital and they needed a bigger platform. So that was a great opportunity for us to pick up those firms as well. So, but, uh, so we look at all the opportunities. We uh, also have a multifamily office. So we uh, co-invest with other family offices. We've just done some real estate deals with Dr. Ben Carson's son in DC. And um, so, yeah, we're out there uh, looking at different opportunities in fourth quarter here, looking at maybe real estate where there's some you know, pandemic issues and we can come out of it at a discount. Excellent. So when you think about the deal flow process, what is your evaluation or pre-deal evaluation process? How do you go into it? What are you looking for? What are some of the deal breakers? Yeah, good questions. I mean, you know, on the real estate deal, we're always looking for value add. And so we're looking for a property that with more capital and more investment, we can get it to a higher platform. And, you know, some, again, that, you know, I hate to repeat myself, but some of that capital will be our cash. Some of it will be tax credits associated with the real estate historic tax credits that give you 30 cents in the dollar for every dollar spent to bring building back to its original uh, form. Some of it may be going into real estate and opportunity zones where we won't have a capital gain after 10 years of holding that, right? And so that's going to be tax efficient as well. So for us, you know, real estate outside of that is probably, you know, a non-starter. So we're looking for those type of assets. We're looking for those in tertiary cities and uh, where we feel like we can bring a lot of value. So for us, you know, again, that's kind of a starter. On the private equity side, we're looking for things where our platform and our expertise can bring value. And uh, so those are the kind of things we look at when we're investing. Are you rolling out other products or opportunities to this network of CPA firms that you work with? It just seems like there's a big distribution opportunity there. Yeah, I mean, look, we've uh, started to share with them some of the tax credits so that they can share that with their clients that have big tax liabilities and buy those down. You know, we, the CPA community is a little far further behind. So family offices is still a relatively new concept to them. I don't think they really understand how to work with family offices. I don't think they understand necessarily the tax sophistication that family offices are trying to accomplish and the acquisitions that they're trying to uh, maneuver through. And so I think CPA communities have a bit of a way to come, right? They have to come up to that level of sophistication because as a family office, we don't want to be spending the uh, accounting fees associated with, you know, the big four and all the fees that are associated with that. So we'd like to see that CPA community get to our level of sophistication. Now you're seeing some of that in South Florida with CPA firms, certainly in New York, uh, but I think you're right. I mean, lifts for the CPA community, there's a tremendous opportunity to get into that family office world that, you know, is fairly relatively good product. Where is, uh, where's the future of the business for the family, for your family office? You mentioned your multifamily. So you're co-investing or are those co-investments also going to stick primarily with private equity, real estate, et cetera, or has that expanded y'all's reach on the buy side? You know, it's nice to be part of a multifamily because you just get the collective wisdom of 
more families, more sophistication. And you can look at other, you know, types of properties or assets that they have expertise in that you as a family office would never have expertise in. But you can also contribute expertise. So I might not know anything about tech, but the other families might, we might know a little bit about tax of tech that they might not be aware of or the grants associated with it. So that's really helpful. I think where we go as a family office is to be less of a single family office, sell off the assets that we manage in that SFO and go more multifamily office where we can just kind of sit back, be a partner, be a limited partner and not have so much risk exposure that of holding all these assets individually and let other people help manage it. So we're sitting back. Two-part question. One is, uh, what kind of people would you like to hear from in our audience and what's the best way for people to reach you? Yeah, I mean, listen, the best way is, you know, I'm on Tax Reform Expert on Twitter or at uh, our website is engineertaxservices.com where we put up daily tax updates to help people out and uh, bring awareness. And so for us, you know, listen, I think, you know, the ideal person for us that we've talked about is that small business owner, that family office, that with just a little more education, could be getting a lot of that capital stack from credits and grants. And, you know, if we accomplish that and we bring that benefit and value that creates more jobs and a better economy here, I think, I think it's mission accomplished for us. Sounds good. That's wonderful. Julio Gonzalez, it's so good to have you on the show. Um, if you're watching or listening to this episode of The Deal Flow Show, you can get access to our previous episodes as well as subscribe and follow us by going to thedealflowshow.com. And you can also either apply to be a guest or if you have someone you think would make a great guest, maybe someone in your firm or someone that you associate with, be sure to reach out to us through the form there and recommend a guest. For on behalf of myself, Mr. Paul Nicolini here at the Deal Flow Show and the team at Harbor City Capital. Again, thanks Julio for being on the show. Engineered Tax Services. I can't want to say tax credits, engineered tax services. And I uh, look forward to working with you potentially on some of these deals and bringing you guys in as uh, subject matter expert. Thanks again. Thanks Julio. For more episodes, visit thedealflowshow.com and subscribe. 